Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Arsenal Agenda Series. Joining you at 10am every weekday morning. Hope you're doing well and good. Chris, how are you this morning? Oh, very well, thank you TC. Hope you're doing okay. Hope everyone tuning in is doing well as well. Um, looking forward to the Arsenal being back in uh, action this weekend, of course. Um, I think it's actually quite nice to have, to have little break in between because obviously it's been quite a... Um, quite a hectic last week or so with the, the last couple of games in the space of a few days. So yeah, um, good to obviously get catch a break in between and hopefully we can uh, we can continue where we left off at the weekend. Absolutely. Good morning to everybody joining us in the chat box as well. Thank you for your well wishes uh, this fine morning. Weather's improving here in the UK. Hopefully it continues on that trend all the way through to the end of the season and it reflects in Arsenal's performance. Is it not? Is it not in Norwich? Is there? <laughs> no, it's no. not. It's not great. It's not great. <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, to be fair, I've got the blind down. It is. It's pretty good. It's pretty good here, as you can see, bursting through the window now. Hopefully it's coming yeah. this way then, hopefully. Yeah, it's, uh, it's good here. So I'm hoping that uh, it stays that way. Uh, we kick off by discussing yesterday's action. Uh, Arsenal weren't involved of course, but certainly we'll feel the ramifications of yesterday's gains. We'll start with the Chelsea Man United fixture. Do you think that there is any way of catching Chelsea with five games to go, six points ahead of us, and their games that they have left are pretty favourable, to be fair? Yeah, I think obviously we've been speaking about how tight it is for, for the for the fourth spot, as it, as it is. Um, mm. uh, and I think, you know, it would be a big ask to, you know, go and catch Chelsea up. Um, obviously, like you say, they've got some favourable fixtures coming up. Um, we all know that the quality that they do have, they've obviously been off it a little bit in, in recent weeks, but still they've got a lot of quality in there that um, are more than capable of getting the job done. So, yeah, I, I think I think third is... There's theirs to lose, really. Um, but and all eyes, you know, for Arsenal must be on that that fourth spot. And I, obviously, I think that's the that, that is the, the aim, of course. Um, you never know. Obviously, a few fixtures can can change the outlook of things. We, we, we've seen how quickly things can change um, in a in a matter of just a week. So, obviously, never say never, of course. But um, I think uh, I think Chelsea are going to get third place, and obviously, fourth will be between ourselves and, and Tottenham. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, look, their games are against the likes of Everton, Leeds. Uh, I think they've got Watford. I think they play pretty much all the bottom <laughs> part of the table as well. They don't really have too many challenging fixtures. I think they've got Leicester as well as another one of their games. So they should be pretty comfortable. They have the FA Cup final against Liverpool, which I was talking about this morning. It was for some reason two games before the end of the season. It's really strange where they've got the FA Cup final this season. I much prefer when it's just the last game of English football. And it really, I think it should be. So why it's there, I don't know. But perhaps if Chelsea lose that final two games before the ends, that would affect their form because... You know, that's a really difficult kind of mental state to be in. You lose a final and you still got two more Premier League games and you're kind of, you know, you're, you're pretty much set to get into the top four. Will that affect their form? We'll have to wait and see. Um, I'd, I'd rather Liverpool won it, to be honest, than Chelsea. I think most of us would as well. It's a difficult one to pick between the two, but I think obviously you do. You go with Liverpool, uh, reluctantly so. The other game last night, obviously, was in the Europa League and the Europa Conference League as well. There was plenty of Arsenal action going on. Arsenal played West Ham on Sunday and West Ham lost that game, Chris, against Frankfurt 2-1. I thought Frankfurt were excellent, to be honest. I thought they were really, really good 
good. I think there was a lot of really interesting performances from a player that's been linked to Arsenal in the past in Kamada, the Japanese international attacking midfielder. Had a really, really solid game, really dangerous and creative. But do you think most importantly, the fact that West Ham are still in the tie and can still obviously go to Germany as they did to Lyon and absolutely smash Lyon in, in France, they can do that again. And that would lead them into maybe thinking about resting a few players on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, quite possibly. And I think it was for an Arsenal perspective, it was an ideal result because, as you say, they'll sort of have one eye on, on the, the, the second leg next week. Um, I'm sure David Moyes will probably be thinking of resting a few players, as you mentioned there as well. So, yeah, um, I think we've got a good chance to to take advantage of that at the weekend. I still think it'll be a really tough game um, because obviously we know West Ham are having a, a strong season. Um, they've got a few players in there that can that can definitely hurt us on the day. So um, we still need to be wary. We don't need to, you know, um, or we can't afford to to be complacent about it. We've got to go there and give 110% as we have with every remaining fiction now. Um, it's absolutely crucial and absolutely huge. So um, I'm still expecting a, a tough game, but uh, yeah, considering last night's result and obviously the, the, the second level that they have got coming up next week, um, I'm sure that part of their focus and part of their minds will be, will be thinking about that. And uh, David Moyes will, will have that in mind as well. So um, yeah, a result that we can take advantage of, hopefully. Yeah, fingers crossed. I mean, they went with a back four last night. I'm kind of expecting a back three against us on Sunday. I think Zuma will obviously continue because he's their only fit natural centre-half. And then they'll play again with those double full-backs either side because they've got so few. So you'd think it would be, um, is it Fredericks as well that they've got? And I think they've got, uh, there's one other one as well. whose names completely slipped my mind. But you've got... Um, Ben Johnson as well. Ben Johnson, thank you. That's his name. Yeah, so it'll be Johnson and Sofal on the right of of Zuma. And then uh, on the left-hand side, you'll have Cresswell and Masuaku, I imagine, would be the back five. Um, But Arsenal, you know, they've done okay coming up against sides that have played a back three. And especially, you know, if they are going to sit and hold as much as possible, then maybe Arsenal can get some joy playing in and around them and not be as vulnerable on the counter we'll have to wait and see but it's a huge game that Arsenal cannot afford to to drop any points in whatsoever if we want to get that fourth spot and as I said before if we win the next two games and Spurs drop any points in their next two games we can go to the North London derby knowing that a win would give us Champions League football next season the other game last night uh, was obviously uh, Saliba against Nelson in the uh, Marseille final fixture in the Netherlands final came out with a 3-2 win and Nelson actually got an assist uh, for the second goal and played really really well like on the right hand side he was energetic he was dynamic he was taking players on he was making a nightmare of of Marseille's defense while Saliba struggled um actually it was I've watched a fair few of Marseille's games this season actually I didn't think it was one of his better performances at all Genduzzi had an absolute nightmare at times um defensively and a lot of people actually credited him with the kind of being in the wrong for a, a few even all of their goals so it was an interesting game Nelson getting on you know getting an assist and really kind of nailing down that right wing spot for himself how do you think Arsenal will approach this in the summer? Because Feyenoord are supposedly interested in making the deal permanent, but they're not a team known to be having plenty of money about themselves. So how do you think Arsenal approach this from a transfer perspective? Well, I think, obviously, I mentioned yesterday as we were previewing last night's games and speaking about Saliba and, and Reese Nelson, um, that obviously Nelson seems to have found his feet in recent weeks. He's been getting on the score sheet a bit more, providing assists, contributing to the, the team. 
um, which is really good to see because, you know, he had a bit of a slow start in Holland. I think that's fair to say. Um, and there were concerns over his fitness and his, his, his sharpness. But, um, I mean, obviously, you go, again, like you mentioned there, he got, he got an assist yesterday. He, he's he's contributing a lot more. He's, he's looking good. Um, I think with Nelson, obviously, like Dave Ryan, or they, they obviously they're not strapped with a lot of cash. Um, and they'll look to be sensible with the, the transfer dealings that they do look to get done. I, I wouldn't rule out another, you know, loan deal for Nelson, maybe for a second mm. consecutive season there. Maybe that's something that they'll look to do um, before looking to make it permanent in the future. I'm, I'm not, I'm not quite sure, but, you know, bearing in mind Pepe could leave this season. And I, I say this, you know, not reluctantly, but, you know, anything can happen. I, I don't think it's likely at this stage, but, you know, with, with Pepe leaving, potentially at the end of the season with his future still up in the air. And if Nelson has a really strong end to the campaign for Feyenoord and he does really well, we keep scoring goals, he keeps assisting and, and whatnot, puts in some really good performances, then, um, you, know, who's, you know, what's not to say he can't sort of contribute for Arsenal next season in a rotational role, with, you know, especially if Pepe leaves sort of a space available there. Obviously, I know we're being linked with Gabriel Jesus, who we know can play as a right winger. Cody Gakpo is a wide player as well. So, you know, there's there's other targets out there that could obviously, you know, take up, take up some space or replace Pepe should he leave. Um, players that are yeah, no, no doubt more ready to to contribute to Arsenal on a regular basis rather than Reese Nelson. But um, yeah, I've always you know always believed that he's got a lot of talent. He's got a lot of potential. Reese Nelson. He just needed obviously consistency. He needed to find a club where he was going to get played, where he's going to you know have that continuous development every single um, week. And yeah. Uh, yeah, despite the slow start, obviously it looks like he's really um, he's really flying flying for them now. So it's good to see. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he, he goes out on loan at the end of the season. But obviously, of course, I'm sure Feyenoord would, would like to get a permanent deal done if they can afford it. And I can't imagine it'd cost much, to, to, to be honest. No, I don't either. Not only because he's got a year left on his contract, but because it's Arsenal that are selling. And we know what Arsenal are like selling players, is they let players go uh, very cheaply. Uh, let's jump into the chat and see what some of your reaction is to the European action last night. Um, let's scroll down a little bit more. Uh, Lynn says, I thought that West Ham really looked leggy last night, which bodes well for Arsenal as well. Um, Asa says, you can never trust the gunners so inconsistent at the moment. Brad says, problem with West Ham rotating is those coming in will want to impress and keep their place. I mean, whatever angle you look at it, there's always going to be something that you know, goes against Arsenal in some way, shape or form. James says, Zuma injured his ankle again last night. He might be a doubt. Did he come off during the game? He didn't. He did stay on for the whole game. So whether or not he's free, maybe they'll rest him again. They're in a very difficult situation. And Dawson as well, of course, who did start the game is suspended. So very difficult for them to come up with a team. Uh, so Tonya says, uh, Reese Nelson should be back at Arsenal, sell Pepe and let him be back up for Saka, agreeing with you there. Chris. Uh, however, Jackson's saying Arsenal should sell Nelson in the summer. Obviously, it always feels so long between our games. It does indeed. Uh, we've only got a couple of days left till we play again, and then uh, we've got a real sprint finish to the end of the season. I don't, I don't know what this is, Chris, but I don't like that the North London Derby is on a Thursday. I don't know if it's just me. I don't like that it's an evening game. I, it's strange. It is, but I'm just it not is a bit weird. It is a bit weird. It should be Saturday, three o'clock or a lunchtime kickoff, you know, obviously we know um, sometimes they can be frantic games. Yeah, but Thursday's a bit of an odd one, isn't it? 
Yeah, it's really strange. Um, but obviously that means that Arsenal will play Leeds the weekend before and Spurs will be playing Liverpool. So hopefully that would interrupt any flow that they're able to build up, but we'd have to wait and see. Now, the final European game with any Arsenal focus was Leicester against Roma because Tammy Abraham featured up front for Roma and a little clip uh, is going a little bit viral of a touch that he made. Really fantastic hold-up play and a back heel as well, which led to a chance being created for Roma. I thought Leicester, you know, really gave a really good account of themselves in the end against a side in Rome where I would expect of Roma to be honest to go through during that tie but Leicester held their own but Tammy was solid despite not scoring and uh, his hold up play in particular was very very welcomed Chris I know that you've focused a little bit on him in, in pieces and stuff is he a striker that you'd like to see come in and did yesterday change your mind or add to any point of view that you have on him well I think certainly yesterday yesterday's performance and that clip that you're on about that's doing the rounds on social media I think that only backs up and reiterates how 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 much he's improved this season as a player mm. and what he's added to his game um, you didn't see much of that at Chelsea you know the hold up play and the silky touches the nice runs and stuff he was more of a you know a target man inside the box for Chelsea um, we, we, I know he's always had a bit of technical ability about him. He's, he, he is good with the ball, but you can see that he's improved a lot on that front this season in particular. Um, I, I've always been a fan of Tammy. Um, I had my doubts about him a couple seasons back when he was still at Chelsea and and when he was first being linked to Arsenal last summer. I didn't know if he would be the right sort of fit for us. I don't know if he was ready for that, that sort of big move to become a regular at a club like Arsenal. Um, but this season he's he's proved to be the real deal, hasn't he? Um, he's he's contributed a lot of goals. Um, I think he's he's got over twenty now and and forty forty seven appearances. I don't know the exact number. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, I really do think he could be a really smart signing for Arsenal this summer. Obviously, the fact that he's just joined Roma, um, and he's enjoying his football. He, he loves working under Jose Mourinho. I know he'd done an interview with, with Alan Shearer, I think, over the, the last couple of days, which has come out. And he's he said that Jose Mourinho is, is is one of the best or is the best manager in the world. Mm. He loves playing under him. He was one of the main factors in him joining Roma. So, you know, sort of taking these factors in mind and considering Roma probably demand a, a very high fee for him, I do think it's unlikely that we'd, we'd, we'd get him over the line this summer, I must admit, although I'd, I'd, I'd be I'd be happy if we, we could get that done because I think he does add something that we haven't got. You know, you can't see Lacazette making those sort of runs that he made last night. And mm. obviously we know Lacazette is one of Lacazette's strengths is the hold-up play. But, you know, Abraham has the, the, the speed and pace and the strength to go with it um, on top of obviously being quite clinical in front of goal. So, yeah, um, I am a fan of him. Uh, you know, especially since he's improved a lot over this season. But I think when we're speaking about the, the real, realistic side of things and getting a deal done um, so soon after he's just made that transition to Roma, I think it's unlikely. So, um, yeah, it seems as if Gabriel Jesus could be one of the main targets for us going into this summer. Yeah, and people in the chat box are asking the question uh, about Gabriel uh, Jesus. JM says, would you guys take Jesus and Tony? Two different profiles, what we face, stubborn opposition, hard to break down. I think that what's important about the summer is that the two forwards we get in are of contrasting styles. Like, we need to make sure that we've got 
different keys to unlock different locks in the Premier League and, and having two strikers and two forwards that are different would help us to do that. Um, the last topic that I want to discuss this morning before we take a couple of questions from the chat box, Chris, is about how many signings represents the correct amount that Arsenal should be looking to bring in this summer because, you know, there's talk of us targeting one or two big signings, according to Edu, but that doesn't rule out, you know, the, the savvy, smart depth, uh, strength and quality that we also need to bring in. And Chatbox, whilst we're listening, tell us how many you think we need to bring in and what position specifically you would be looking to bring them in. And so, Chris, the floor is yours. Um, it's a good question. Um, I think off, off the top of my head, thinking about the current squad and what we need exactly, I would say, I would say about four. Roughly four new signings. I'd go with two forwards, a new central midfielder and a backup right back for Tommy. Um, as you say, I think it's important with the forwards that we do look to get in. They're, they're both sort of contrasting styles and they're, they're, they're not sort of similar in terms of play style and what they offer the team. I think we're lacking sort of that target man in particular, um, who, who's tall, who has a bit of strength about them, who who's dominant in the air and can cause a few... Um, problems for the opposition um, and then obviously someone who has that pace like a Bamiyang who can get in behind the, the back line behind opposition defences and cause problems with the pace um, so someone like Gabriel Jesus mm. um, so yeah, I mean, like when we were speaking about Tammy a minute ago I suppose he's the perfect example really of one, one striker that we need and Gabriel Jesus is the perfect example of the other one that we need Um I'm not sure, as we've been discussing on the channel, that currently based on form and looking at the, the current market, we're not going to necessarily get a, an upgrade on, on Xhaka. Um, I don't think Xhaka's going anywhere either. Like he's, you know, no, I, I think he's, he's, he's enjoying his football at the club at the minute. I think we, well, we're not, I don't think we know Arteta's a big fan of him and he's often spoken really, really highly of him. Um, obviously, football at London. Chris Wheatley's previously reported that AS Roma um, could return for him this uh, this summer, and he, he's still still a player of interest to them. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. Um, you certainly imagine that they have to return to the table with a much higher bid um, than than last summer. Put it that way, if they want to if they want to take him from us. Um, so yeah, but I, I, I think there's still some really good options out there that can provide us more quality and more depth in that position. Obviously, Yuri Tielemans has been mentioned. I mean, obviously, if we could bring him in for around 35 million, I think that's the fee that was mentioned for him. Mm-hmm. Um, then, I mean, that's pretty shrewd business. Ruben Neves, obviously, an option. I really like him. Um, Lucas Paqueta at, um, at Leon's been mentioned as well. Again, we know he's he can be a sort of a box-to-box player, um, very attacking-minded, but does put in a shift defensively. Um, and again, he's someone that Edu knows well from his time in Brazil. And then I, I'm not... I'd be interested to get your thoughts and the listeners' thoughts on this one because I'm not sure in terms of the profile that we need to be looking at at right back. I know some people saying like, Max Ahrens and, and Tariq Lamptey, who maybe provide that more attacking-minded um, uh, sort of uh, ability. Um, and obviously yeah. they have the pace, whereas Tommy Ass is more, a bit more defensive-minded. Um, so, yeah, I'm not sure I'm not sure who we really need because obviously we've got Tierney, who we know is, is great defensively, but he can also be an, a threat going forward. We know Tavares is very attacking-minded, um, more than he is a defender, really. Um and then obviously we have Tommy Asu and Cedric, who are both fairly 
sort of defensive minded. I know Cedric does like to get forward when possible. So, uh, yeah, I'm not sure who who we, we really need to go for. I mean, I, I'd be happy with, with sort of either profile, really, because I think it's no disrespect intended for Cedric, but I don't think it would be, you know, a massive task to find an upgrade out there on, on no. Cedric. Um, so, yeah, who, what do you think, TC? Do you think we need to go for someone in a similar sort of mall to, to Tommy Asu, or would you be open to going for uh, a Lamptey-esque sort of style player? I think it... <laughs> To be honest, it's not as necessarily much about the style. It's more about their versatility for me. Like I think we need to look at someone who can play both right and left back and has that versatility, like a Timothy Castagna style of, of fullback. I think that Nahuel Molina, who we've been linked to from Udinese, you know, he's played in multiple positions for them. He's played right back for Argentina. He's played right wing back for Udinese, but he's also played on the left-hand side. He's played further forward. He's even played in midfield. Like, you know, he's, he's a versatile player and I think he's you know, got a lot going forwards. He needs to improve a bit more defensively, but still got a lot about his defensive side of his game as well. So I think it's important to try and find that versatile fullback. But yeah, I think there's an argument to say that we need some contrasting style to Tommy Asu, so that Tommy Asu, if he's ever moved into the middle, in fact, I wrote about this um, yesterday about how Tommy Asu can basically inform a new role and the, the right back that we signed would be in more direct competition with Norton Cuffey. Whereas if we say moved on Pablo Marie and holding, Tommy Asu would become part of that centre-back contingent, but could also feature a right back in those games where we need to be a little bit more disciplined in that position. Or if we want to say switch to a back three. So I think Tommy Asu is great because he gives us more options and in the chat box i mean umar saying brooke norton cuffey uh, of course as well our very own umar um and you know norton cuffey is a fantastic talent doing great things at lincoln and i don't particularly want to block his path but i don't want to go into the champions league or even the europa league no matter what qualify competition we qualify for next season knowing that we're going to be under strengthened knowing that we also have to again try and compete for a top four place when Chelsea are going to strengthen, Man United are going to strengthen, and having, you know, Eric Ten Hag coming in, you're going to see West Ham push, Newcastle are going to push, loads of teams are going to be pushing to try and get as high as they can up the league, and we need to make sure that we've got that strength. Uh, in the chat box, regarding how many people uh, we would like to see or how many players we'd like to see come into the team in the summer, uh, Satonye says, I'd say four, two strikers, a midfielder, and a left back. Uh, I think that's the same as yours, was it not, Chris? Or right back, I suppose, was, was your one. Terry says, two forwards, two midfielders, and one right back. Divesh going two forwards, two mids, and a right back. Harvey says, for me, it's six new players. Asar says, we need a minimum of three strikers. And in total, seven. Tamri is not worth more than 50 million. HK says we need at least two mids, especially if Xhaka goes. I don't think he will, to be fair. And Elneny, I think, hasn't even got a chance of staying at the end of the season as well. Umar's going for five, two forwards, two midfielders, and a right back. Uh, Bill says, hey, boys, two strikers, three mids, and a defender. Harvey says two forwards, a winger, one centre mid, and one left back, and one Right back. Wow, we want to fall back in both positions. Lynn's going for, I think we need five, two strikers to cover for Tommy. Uh, sorry, two strikers, cover for Tommy or make Tommy a centre-back and bring in another right back as cover for Tierney and cover for Xhaka. I think that we need to go for three forwards, personally. I think we need two strikers and I think we need a wide forwards to replace the outgoing Pepe and Nelson's probably going to go. I think Smith-Rowe's future probably lies more centrally as well. So it would kind of replace that role if it was, say, a Gakpo coming in on the left-hand side to compete with Martinelli. One central midfielder and one versatile fullback that can play on both sides. I only say one midfielder because I just think that Xhaka, Partey, Lukonga, Elneny, if he stays, 
you've got Patino coming through, you've got some youth coming through, Aziz, of course, coming through as well. I think add one really quality central midfield to this team, and I think you've got enough for next season, personally. So that's kind of where I'm at with that one. We'll finish the show with Henry's question, who says, what does Xhaka need to do to get to the level where we fans want him to be? And what options in the Premier League are better than him that we could look to get in? It's a good question. Um, I think, you know, based on current form and the contribution side of things, uh, Xhaka doesn't need to do much more. It's cut I out the mistakes way, and the red cards, isn't it? That's what I was then going to say, TC. I think if you cut out the... the um, yeah, the, the 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 red cards and the the silly mistakes. Then you've got a really really top reliable player there, um, and that's that's been that I think that's been the main factor behind the frustration of the amongst fans and the sort of the negativity that's gone his way because there has been occasions where he's let the team down through stupid stupidity and a, a lack of a real poor lack of judgment. Um, yeah, and obviously we know he's. We know Granite. He's he's always been he had that aggressive aggressive side to him when he he's on the pitch and he likes to get stuck in. Which you know partly that's great because you want to see that that determination, that fight and passion from your players, of course. But uh, unfortunately for Granite, he can take it too far sometimes. You know if he's if he's not sliding in into dangerous challenges, he's he's sort of getting involved in silly you know off the ball incidents and yeah, he can lose his head. Um, I mm. think he has slowly and gradually improves on that side of things. I think Arte, that's something Definitely. Arteta probably worked with him on, you know, to try, because, you know, Arteta would have identified that as a, a weakness, as a flaw in, in Granite's game. And he'll look to have probably, you know, took Granite to the side and said, look, you know, if you if you cut out these things, you can be a really, really good player and the fans will sort of come on your side a bit more. So, um, yeah, if he can cut out those silly mistakes and, you know, keep doing yeah. what he did against United and, and score absolute <laughs> screamers and help us win games, then, uh, then yeah, the, the, I think all will be forgiven among the fan base and, uh, you know, we'll put the, the past behind us because, you know, he has endured a tricky time with the fans. It's, it's you know, it's no secret that, you know, it's been very bumpy, been a very bumpy road for him along the way um, in his Arsenal journey. But, yeah, if he can, you know, keep out the silly mistakes and keep performing well and have that consistency in his game, then, um, yeah, I think he can, you know, can remain a very important player for us. I absolutely do. I think it's everything he does that's not, you know, uh, an error or a red card is really good. You know, he's one of the best central midfielders in the Premier League without a shadow of a doubt. And, you know, it's to our benefit that we have him. It's just... It's just those areas of judgment. It's just sometimes that that hot headedness. And but there's also the argument that if we were to bring someone in, they would come in with a clean slate with the officials. And I do think he is behaviourally profiled by match officials. I mean, I saw a stat I think yesterday that he's received three yellow cards this season without making a single foul prior to that yellow card. So, and they're not yellow card challenges that are like you know taking out the last man or you know they're clearing through. It's the, the one against Aston Villa really bothered me, like where Andy Madley pointed to three separate occasions and then booked him when he'd not made a foul. Like it's just behaviour profiling at this stage. So it's it's not fair on him that that happens, but it does. And so maybe that that unfortunately would come into our thinking. But that's why I think I'd only go for the one central midfielder because Xhaka's not going anywhere this summer. El Nenny could stay. Partey and Laconga are still going to be here. And I think adding one more in, plus providing that pathway for, say, your Patinos in this world to come through and your Azizis, 
I think it also opens opportunities that clubs should do um, as well. Plus, I don't think there's the central midfielders out there for us really to go and get two that genuinely do upgrade significantly on what we have. And maybe waiting a year till next summer would open up more opportunities to see what central midfielders would be available to really take us rather than, say, spending 100 million on two central midfielders that don't necessarily progress us as far as we need to. And then that inhibits what we're able to do in another transfer window, if that makes sense. And actually when the striker position is on the forward position overall is more, you know, is, is certainly more important to get right in this summer transfer window. Chris, thank you so much for coming on the show, mate. Really appreciate your time. Cheers, TC. Pleasure as always. And thank you to everyone tuning in this morning. Hope everyone has a great day. Absolutely. Um, we'll be back on Monday, of course. We do these shows at 10am on weekdays, but there will be a uh, lead up to uh, the game against West Ham on Sunday. Mikel Arteta's press conference as well will be able to be watchable on the channel as we find out plenty more fitness updates, see how ready Tommy Asu is. There was also, I saw people concerned that Ben White wasn't in training or wasn't pictured in training, and I'm hoping that's not going to be the case. But obviously Mikel Arteta will reveal any issues that we've got leading up to the game on Sunday. So you'll be able to watch that back on the channel and there'll be content throughout the weekend as well. I'll see you again very soon. Drop a like on the video if you haven't done so already and subscribe to the channel if you are indeed new around here. But we'll see you very soon. And as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way.